Welcome, welcome to the Anchor.com, AnchorFM.com, the home of the podcast where you can be heard all around the world from bedroom, bathroom, living room, any room your heart desires. Welcome, welcome to another exciting episode. And this one podcast, I'm going to talk about a group that predated the Mighty Jackson Five, predated the Five Star Steps, predated the Silvers, predated the Barge, predated a lot. And the interesting caveat about this is that their lead singer was a singer-songwriter, but he himself was a kid. It's incredible, incredible story, you know, and it's like one of, and it was a movie made about it. And, um, just amazing, but sad, tragic, though, the same as same as can be said. But uh, one of those groups that had to inspire a new edition, you know, because pretty much it was a standard barrier. And one of the things that I will share before I go into details of who am I talking about, um, Frankie Beverly, Frankie Beverly Amaze, the leader of Frankie Beverly Amaze, the band, changed his first name to Frankie in honor of this guy that that you want to talk about impact and how much to look up to somebody speaks volumes and when you think about successful acts and what was going on you know you get you you have to like channel this group in because it was very important doo-wop group and also groundbreaking too because before signing family stone they were integrated group in a time when it wasn't that fashionable three black members and two Puerto Rican members and that was in itself an incredible move for the time when you think about it you know imagine that and uh, very intriguing with that so the group I am talking about is Frankie Lyman and the teenagers and uh, Frankie Lyman was incredible soprano singer he had a very distinctive voice and you heard him singing uh, you know you could you could spot him he just knew, you know, and he had that lead type of it, too, you know. He was a writer as well, and we're going to get to that in a bit. Um, I, one of the cuts I like was, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not a juvenile delinquent. And, you know, can you imagine teenage kids coming out singing a song like that today? Because those are some big words, too, because you got to be able to spell it and put it out there. But it was, uh, I love the harmony, I love the bass and the voices, the, the true doo-wop. You know, just like you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, that, I mean, that is some soulful doo-wop. And it hits you. The components are real. The strong, the strength is there. It's um, very, very, very uh, on point. And, um, you know, I enjoyed it immensely. It's just like I could sit there and I could just like, I'm, I'm taking that all in. I'm like, yeah, this is how, you know, if you're doing doo-wop, you want it to sound, want it to feel, wanted the tone of it. So, Definitely, um, you know, uh, on point and um, and very happening. You know, just very, very much happening. I really like the way that it feels. I like the way you know the the the, the, the voices are used. The music complements it. You know, just very much on point. So I like that a whole lot. Uh, the next cut is I promise to remember. Um, like that one as well. Um, the sentiment of it and again they always start with the bass that comes in that was a trademark of doo-wop and then he hits you with his soprano that's the thing about when, you, when you're waiting for the tones to come in and how everything just kind of just hits you like a combination 
And they really had that down pat. That's what made one of the reasons because of the, not only the great songs, but also how everything was just on point. And um, just hit you, hit you in effect, just really strong. And you just really felt the energy and the urgency there. So um, I really like that cut a lot. The next cut I like was I'm, I'm Not a Know-It-All. Um, again, another strong with the harmonies, direction with feeling, direction with tone. You know, when you when you hear it, you know, you're just like sitting there capturing in the mode of it. Because sometimes you might be, you know, this could be uh, what I call milkshake, soda shop kind of situation. And it's like the kind of songs that just hit. It's just really well-crafted, well-done, you know. And sometimes like an act has their stuff together and you can really tell by the details and the arrangements that hey this was this was no ordinary kid act this was the truth this was very much on point and they had the goods and this was going to be something that you weren't going to soon forget so um definitely was a tight cut with that the next cut that I like was I want you to be my girl and it's 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 a it's a um crazy classic song because what I like about it the you get the sax you get the groove but how high his voice goes because sometimes you know he really had a distinctive tone and he could really get up there with it you know and it was really you know like that was well, that's what we call the money notes because if you're a guy and you can get high in your pitch and you got good tone it's accessible it's radio friendly and you got to think about the harmony aspect. That's what gets played on the radio and how the song sounds. So you're sitting around there listening to the song 50, 60 years later. You're hearing this song from the time it came out to now. And it still sounds good. And I I hear it, you know, and it, and it his voice was just like distinctive. You know, it really had a, a mind of its own. It just really had a quality about it. Um, that's what harmony does. That's the pitch. That's the tone of it just really transcends and it just gets to you and that's <laughs> again that was really a happening cut so that one uh I, I mean with the vocals and everything that was tight that was really on point uh teenage love was a cool cut i like the the vibe the element of that one um you know one of those cuts that you just um again you know you know the cadence and how it's going to start, but then once the words, everything kind of flows. And one thing about it is with their collection or their hits, you hear these songs, and they're as good as any doo-wop group that's older, same age, and beyond, because it has a, a profession, it has a distinctiveness about it. You know, And I always say this, if you're going to be a vocal group, nowadays they call them a boy band, but back in the day vocal group, you have to have distinctiveness on your lead vocalist has to be the money voice you can't have your third member or your fourth member has to be front and center and when you have that as they say it's gravy you coast it so Frankie Lyman was that dude and you could just definitely tell that it was just there it was just like a natural the way the, the elements everything was the way it's supposed to be so that one was definitely tight and it definitely was cool um just like please be mine I really dug that cut a lot and again, you know, like I said, there was a trademark and they definitely had a formula to what they would do. But it was just how it would just spawn and to, to how it would just build with the bass vocals coming in and then the harmonies. And then, of course, Frankie was front and center. So he just kind of just 
ease those notes. And it was like two minutes of magic just hitting your ears. So that's what you would want. Very melodic, very in tune, accessible, and on point. But the thing about it was what you call professional. was like, you know you were dealing with the top flight act. That was the thing. Next cut, Little Bitty Pretty One. This one had a life of its own, been covered by a lot of artists. Jackson 5 covered it. And of course, Michael was com- very, believe it or not, it was a time, but only for a brief moment. Now, Frankie was a writer before Michael, but as far as like the vocals and everything, and of course, Michael Jackson took the uh, boy group element, took the group thing to a whole nother level, but he did cover a little bit of Pretty One. And again, that's just an acknowledgement of how I like the harmony of this cut. I like that chorus part and that whoa, oh, 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 oh part. There's that part that, that repeats. Frankie Lyman had a very distinctive tone with that and just amazing how he captured that and the details and the fine points of it. Just amazing. Just really dug that. The last song by Frankie, Frankie Lyman and Teenagers that I dug was Why Do Fools Fall In Love? And... You know, when you hear this song, just the way the lyrics go, why do birds sing? And the harmony of it, it just was like, that's how a song, a great pop record's supposed to sound. I don't care what year it came out. I don't know what the style is, but this is how a great pop record's supposed to be. And Frankie Lyman nailed it. Years later, another, but she was a teenager at the time when she was leading the Supremes of Adana Ross when she was the Supremes. But when she went solo in 1981, and part of her when she was solo and in 1981, she did a cover, Why Do Fools Fall in Love? And it was really 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it caught on too. You know, it was just a big hit. It was the kind of song that a, a writer's writer and a song that was so distinctive you couldn't put it down. And it was a big hit for her. So, this goes to show you what I always say when I conclude my show about how it's because the song's old, album's old, doesn't mean you can't find something new. Because this was a big hit for Donna Ross, her solo career. But this was the song which Lawrence Tate did the movie back in 1998. And the movie was hit and miss because you really need more time to really digest Frankie Lyman's career. All too short career. He died on the age of 25. But he did so much that most acts don't do in a lifetime. He had already accomplished in a decade plus incredible songs, incredible talent, and the teenagers were incredible vocal groups. So much respect. Wash your hands, keep your mind clear, watch out for another. Uh, please do share with me your favorite Frankie Lyman and Teenagers songs, performances, or albums. And just because a song is older or album is older does not mean you can't find something new in it. Because I've said before, a lot of people were inspired and influenced by Frankie Lyman either in the music or covering the songs. There was no denying the impact. Keep it funky. Keep it on the one. Be safe out there. Be careful out there. And if you get a chance, listen to some Frankie Lyman and Teenagers. Because chances are you probably have heard them. And if you hear a 50s, early 60s playlist, doo-wop type of uh, theme going on, you bound to have heard about three or four of their songs. They had some incredible songs. So until next time, peace and the best. I'll catch you.